Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Every weekday morning, millions of us Bay Area residents get out of our cozy beds and embark on a mystifying migration unlike any other on planet Earth. All right, heading out the door. It is 7 o'clock on the nose. The sun will not rise for another 20 minutes or so. This is Paul Lincor, one of my colleagues at KQED. Leaving my home in Novato going to make the short drive to the downtown Novato Smart Train. He's setting off on a daily ritual so many of us humans make. Not for food or water, exactly, like you might expect from the rest of the animal kingdom, but for work. I'm talking about our daily commute, of course. Today, we've asked Paul to trade in his daily commute by car into KQED's offices in San Francisco for a public transit bonanza. Along the way, he'll be riding the somewhat new SMART train through Marin County. SMART stands for Sonoma Marin Area Rail Transit, by the way. Why are we sending him on this mission? To answer this question from a listener. My name is Brian Auger. My question is... Has the North Bay Smart Train had any actual impact on relieving traffic on Highway 101? We'll be checking in with Paul throughout the episode as he makes his way to the KQD offices to deliver the answer for Brian. But along the way, we'll answer two other commuter questions. Listener Laurel Hechanova thinks drivers have gotten a little out of control recently. Are drivers around here more aggressive lately or is it just me? Her question won a recent Bay Curious public voting round. And then finally, is there an antidote to all this commuting misery floating on the Bay? Hi, this is Lee Kemp from Berkeley. Does San Francisco finally have a water taxi service? We've got a full episode of Good Stuff just ahead on Bay Curious. I'm Olivia Allen Price. And oh, it looks like Paul has made it to the Nevada downtown smart train station. That's me tapping in to the fare station here. Train departing at 7.33. Next station, Larkspur. And he's off. Stay with us. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. 
And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. We're tackling some of your transit questions today as Paul makes his journey from his Nevada home to KQED's offices in San Francisco. Looks like his ride on the smart train is complete, and he's on to the next leg of his journey, an hour and a half after it began. On the Larkspur Ferry, getting ready to depart at 8.29. What a lovely morning. Certainly beats sitting in traffic. We'll learn soon if the smart train is making a dent in traffic on Highway 101, but one thing we know Paul won't be contending with today is aggressive drivers. Our listener, Laurel, feels like the roadways have gotten a lot spicier lately. But it feels kind of like every time we go out, there are, I don't know, maybe like half a dozen cars doing 90 to 100 and just weaving in between everybody else. And I remember that it was kind of like that during the initial weeks of shelter in place. But it seems like it's, it's still happening, even though traffic's back to normal. To help us figure out what's what, we've got Dan Brecky in the studio today. He's the reporter and editor of In Transit, KQED's daily blog about how we get around. Welcome, Dan. Hi, Olivia. First off, can you tell us why the pandemic was such a watershed moment on our streets and highways? Well, our reality changed overnight from having very crowded roads to much less crowded roads. And so that invited a different kind of behavior, especially a lot more speeding than we'd ever seen before. I'm with Laurel. I feel like I've seen a lot of dangerous behaviors that picked up during the pandemic and then just have never gone away. And it turns out there's a little survey data out there that backs up our impressions. There is a place at UC Berkeley called the Safe Transportation Research and Education Center, or SafeTrack, and they participate in a yearly survey on what drivers feel uh, they're seeing on the road. And One of the questions that the survey asks is, since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, what is the biggest change in behaviors you have noticed from drivers? And statewide, the most common answer was aggressive driving and road rage, with speeding coming in a close second. So for a lot of folks, at the very least, we're perceiving that these things are getting worse. Okay, but let's look at reality. Does the California Highway Patrol have any kind of data to support or refute what so many of us are seeing? The officer I talked to at the Golden Gate Division of the CHP, uh, Andrew Barkley, said that anecdotally, and that this is where the CHP comes down, it's anecdotal evidence, people are seeing it more. I don't have any true scientifically backed answer to say this is exactly what's happening. I think the most dramatic piece of evidence that is out there is from the first year of the pandemic. I think most of us would agree driving over 100 miles an hour is a pretty serious breach of, uh, of driving etiquette and probably unsafe. Uh, when the pandemic happened, the number of citations doubled. So 
you know, that number has gone down since 2020, but it hasn't gone back to where it was before the pandemic started. So that's, you know, one objective indicator of wilder behavior on the road. All right. So speed is up. um, But what about reckless driving? Is the California Highway Patrol handing out more tickets for that? You hear us referring to reckless driving. Typically, we are referring to three specific violations, and it's normally a combination of speed, following too close, and unsafe lane change. It's interesting that the number of those citations is lower for the most part, than it was the last year before the pandemic. So what do we make of that? Um, It isn't necessarily that people are driving more carefully. It could be that there's less enforcement. Uh, We really don't know. Driving, we are perceiving it's getting worse. That's definitely universal. There are a couple indicators that we are at least speeding a lot more than we were before the pandemic. But everything else is kind of looks about flat, but we can't put too much weight into any of this because the big question always is enforcement, which could be a moving variable. Look, there are some other things you can point to. Uh, Traffic deaths went up a lot in 2020 and 2021 and continued going up in 2022. They seem to have eased off, uh, declined slightly in California last year, 2023. But the higher number of traffic fatalities, especially in 2020 and uh, 2021, with lower amounts of traffic, points, frankly, to speeding. You know, the number of people killed in uh, crashes where uh, speeding was the primary crash factor, as the CHP puts it, was up 16 percent in California from 2020 to 2021. So, I mean, that's objective evidence that there's actual behavior happening that's leading to some of these things that we're seeing and that we perceive. All right. Well, Dan Brecky, editor, reporter, traffic whiz for In Transit, KQED's relatively new transit blog. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Let's check in on Paul, who last we heard was on the ferry from Larkspur. Well, I've arrived. I'm in San Francisco, 10 minutes after 9. So two hours and 10 minutes after leaving my house, I'm here. The problem is my office is over in the Mission Petrero area, miles away from where I am now. So the journey continues. I'm on my way to BART. Oh, boy. Well, at least he got to enjoy that scenic ferry ride. I'm convinced that ferry riders are the happiest bunch of commuters in our region. Hey, there's even a bar on board. But the ferries aren't the only boats offering transportation on the water. Last fall, I noticed tiny yellow boats along the San Francisco shoreline a couple of times. Most of the time, there's just one of these bright yellow speedboats roaming along the Embarcadero. They're easy to spot because they have a cute little black and white checkerboard trim, just like you'd see on a retro car taxi. We sent Bay Curious producer Katrina Schwartz out to learn more about this boutique transit option. $10 water taxi ride. Save yourself a long, boring 30-minute walk. I meet Captain Tom of the San Francisco Water Taxi Company along the Embarcadero at Pier 15. The little yellow boat is pulled up at the Exploratorium near a small sign that says Water Taxi. Best 10 bucks you'll spend all day. The water taxis come when you call. Or you can make an appointment. There's no set schedule like with a bus or a train. One step down and I'm on the small boat with three bench seats and two captain chairs up front. There's a top to help protect passengers from sun and spray. 
The water taxi operates out of Pier 39. They make six different stops at popular places along the San Francisco Bayfront. Starting from High Street Pier. Near Ghirardelli Square. To Pier 39. A popular tourist attraction, as well as Pier 15 at the Exploratorium. Pier 1.5 next to the ferry building, which is temporarily closed for repairs. And they do go south of the Bay Bridge for a few extra bucks. Pier 40 in Oracle Baseball Park and Pier 52 at Chase Basketball Center. Rides north of the bridge cost $10 each, or you can pay $15 to get a hop-on, hop-off fare to ride all day. So quick safety chat, flight vests underneath the white seats. After the safety chat, we set off north in the 29-foot yellow boat to pick up some passengers at Pier 39. I'm sitting in the co-pilot seat, which swivels, so I've got great views. I saw an ad on Craigslist, and I went from part-time to full-time to managing the business in three months. Captain Tom says the water taxi business took a hit during COVID, but it's gradually picking back up. So you got Angel Island over there, you know, which is an old uh, immigration island. Alcatraz straight ahead. We slow down as we pull into the harbor at Pier 39. A massive liberty ship from World War II, the Jeremiah O'Brien, towering above us. The folks we're picking up, Jill and her son Reed from Maryland, scheduled their ride. They're waiting by the water taxi sign at Pier 39. I didn't really know what I was signing up for, but I'm game. They're visiting to get away from frigid East Coast temperatures. And today, San Francisco is showing off with a beautiful, warm, sunny day. So what did you guys think? Worth 10 bucks? Yeah. Definitely like the view. It's a nice way to ride and see without traffic. I'm not complaining about the traffic. It's a city. But, you know, you're not familiar with the streets. So to see and drive is extra. They're headed to the Exploratorium for some science fun, and then eating and shopping at the ferry building before they head back north in the water taxi. We'll, uh, we'll plan on something around three, so just call me when you get a better idea of your plans, right? I should be back in the area. Since most of the water taxi stops are along the Embarcadero, I thought most of the passengers would be tourists, like Jill. But Captain Tom says it's actually a 50-50 split with locals. People will go for walks and they'll walk up the Embarcadero, and then, and especially with their dogs, and they'll get to uh, High Street Pier, and they'll just get tired, and they don't want to walk home you know, another hour, especially if it's late on a Sunday. The taxi will also pick you up if you miss the last ferry off Angel Island or want to head over to Tiburon. If you haven't gotten out on San Francisco Bay, you're missing one of the best things about San Francisco. Captain Tom says there's a lot of interest in water taxis for commuting, and they're exploring more cross bay and southern routes. But gas is expensive, and their boats only seat six passengers. It's hard to find a price point that works for everyone. So we could definitely do it if we could just find a, you know, the right cost-effective way to do it, and I think electric boats will advance that. He says they're exploring some options. I think it'll be a ex- really exciting time period for water travel in the next couple of years. Captain Tom lets me off at Pier 52 near the Chase Center and sets off to pick up his next fare. But not before reminding me about Mutt Mondays. We have a we have a promotion called Mutt Mondays where if you bring your dog, you ride for free. That was Bay Curious producer Katrina Schwartz. Paul's journey to the KQED offices continues as he rides up the BART escalator. 933, 
and I have arrived. 16th in mission, completing the latest leg of my journey. And I see a muni bus coming, so I think that's how I'm going to complete my transit adventure today. Get on the 22 Fillmore and take it over to Bryant Street. A short bus ride later, a quick walk to the station, into the studio. Paul, welcome. You made it. <laughs> what an epic journey. What's the final count on how many modes of transit you took today? Well, let's see. I drove my car to the station, took the train, to the ferry, to BART, to the bus. And you walked to the ferry. Uh, there was walking in there as well, so I guess that would be six modes of transportation. Wow, quite the feat. Well, this is all in service of answering listener Brian's question about whether the smart train, which connects Sonoma and Marin counties, has improved traffic along the 101 corridor through that section. Now, many of the drivers on that stretch of road, like you, are trying to get to San Francisco for work. That's right. It's a commute I make just about every day. And I find, you know, anecdotally, it's about as bad as it's ever been. Driving usually takes me in rush hour about an hour and 15 minutes to get to work. Today, taking public transit most of the way, it took two hours and 40 some minutes. So I think this really illustrates one of the challenges of the smart train. And it's true for all of public transit, for that matter, that if you need to transfer, you use a few different agencies, it gets less time efficient. The smart train is pretty new. So for folks who aren't familiar, where does the train go? Yeah, so smart opened its first stations back in 2017 and has been gradually expanding its service since then. The plan is to build it out so it connects Cloverdale in the north to Larkspur in the south, where the current terminus is. Well, let's get to Brian's question. Just how many people are opting for the train overdriving? It's kind of hard to say precisely because commute patterns have changed so much since the pandemic, right? Caltrans says there's 40% less traffic on 101 between Larkspur and Sonoma Airport Boulevard than there was in 2019. But that's all times of the day, all days of the week, most likely the result also of a hybrid work environment as well. Eddie Cummins is the smart general manager, and he did some of his own calculations. Calendar year 2023, smart carried over 750,000 riders. The average trip length of those riders is 22.2 miles. So if you do that math, that equates to 16.6 million passenger miles on the train. That sounds like a lot. It does sound like a lot, but you have to put it in perspective. Caltrans says the total vehicle miles traveled between Larkspur and Airport Boulevard in a year is more than 1.8 billion. So SMART represents only the tiniest fraction of that. So is the answer here that SMART isn't making a very big dent in traffic? That is the answer, yes. Not yet. But SMART's only been around for a few years and they're still building out. By contrast, BART has been around since the 70s, and its route has impacted all sorts of development, like housing and offices, where other buses or trains link up. These systems tend to get more useful with time. And I should add that SMART is the only Bay Area transit system that saw an increase in riders after the pandemic. That's in part because they've been working hard to change how they offer service to meet the community's needs better, as Eddie Cummins told us. We noticed a significant increase in bicycle boardings. And so one of the things we did is we had some flip seats on the side of the train. Uh, we removed those seats in order to uh, create additional bicycle parking. 
Yes, and on my commute, I did meet passengers like Jason, who brought their bike onto the train. Jason, where are you coming from? Akatati. Looks like you took your bike. Yes. Yeah. About a 10-minute ride from my house to the smart station. This morning, I'm going to ride from the end of the train into San Francisco, so about a little over an hour. I mean, I drove in last Thursday. It took me like two and a half hours in traffic, and this is going to take me like probably two hours. So, yeah, it's definitely less stressful than driving to sit around, you know, read your phone, get some work done, something. When I met him, Jason was actually going to ride his bike from Larkspur into the city, so he was getting his workout in for the day as well. And another thing SMART has done to cater to community needs is to make it free for school children taking field trips. There was a field trip last week, and the kids all wrote us letters thanking the SMART train. And so it was just, it was just beautiful. They also kept reduced-price fares. It's just $1.50 per zone. And they've altered the schedule to meet community needs. So who is the SMART train working for, like, right now? Well, in the car I was on today, I met all kinds of folks. I was able to get a seat, but it was pretty busy. And I met kids who were going to school, people commuting within Marin County. And it's really pretty nice. People generally seem to find it to be a pleasant ride. Paul, you've been a very intrepid reporter to take on this long commute. Thank you for bringing us these answers. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. I think I would better start heading home soon if I want to make it before dusk. <laughs> Good luck. That's it for our three-question transit special today. Thanks for tuning in. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Christopher Beal, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Thanks, as always, to our support crew, Jen Chien, Katie Springer, Cesar Saldana, Maha Sanad, Jorge Oliveras, Dan Brecky, Paul Lancor, Holly Kernan, and the whole KQED family. I hope you drive safe, maybe try a boat or a train, and have a great week. Bye. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 